We're going to start with this video uh, by talking about what is the cost of rigging inspection. My name is Deb McCarty. Thank you for joining us. As always, thank you for joining us. This is Tom Horner. You've seen him in so much of our content. You've seen him in so many videos. His voice is in so many articles. He's on so many podcasts. We like this guy a lot. Uh, can you just tell the people real quick what you do, why you do it? I, uh, I'm our corporate rigging inspection manager. I run our service group that travels to customer facilities and helps them stay OSHA compliant or in internally compliant. And you've been doing it for how long? I have been with Mozilla, completed 23 years into my 24th, and for about the last 21, nothing but inspections. That's nice. it. That's it. No big deal. That's it. So kind of a one-trick pony at this point. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of. I think I pigeon my whole pigeonhole myself into one little niche here, and you know, I got another 24 years before I can retire. So I better I better get really good at this so it's easier for the next 24. And so that's that's a big reason why we keep on featuring Tom because he's he's got a wealth of knowledge. He's been in the game for a really long time. He's a really really good resource for us. So and then with me as always is Mike Close. And uh, he really set up this whole thing, and we're going to start with this video uh, by talking about what is the cost of rigging inspection. My name is Deb McCarty. Thank you for joining us. I really do appreciate it. So what is the process for inspecting rigging gear? What we want to understand is the customer is going to approach us knowing they need something. So it's important to start with the customer and just really understand that, like I said, they know they need something but they just probably are unfamiliar how to get there. So we start by just asking them basic questions. Are you looking for an inspection that satisfies OSHA 1910-184, all the applicable ASME standards? Do you have a more internal, uh, an internal standard that's more strict than all that? Right. Just trying to find out what they want to get to, and, and it's obviously, yeah, I know somebody said I needed my slings inspected. Tell me what I need to do. Is that usually how it kicks off? Somebody comes to them and just says, hey, when did you get this inspected? And they're like, ah. Pretty much. Oh. And you would think in 2018 we'd be a little bit more ahead of the game, but right. we're just honest. Um, you know, people are still, you know, they're new to the positions. So, in, in, and I've said this before, if you think about a typical, you know, maintenance manager who might have had this handed off to him, how much is he actually in charge of? Cranes, presses, tow motors, right. all sorts of different machines. I mean, flammable. I mean, just, just across the board. Is he going to know everything about everything? So you can't, we can't assume that whomever we're dealing with is in the know. So we just start with that and say, hey, you know, this, this is what the law says, this is what the standard says, you know, what do you have in your facility? Are we talking slings, which is your alloy chain slings, wire up slings, synthetic web slings, round slings, and then you take it to the next level, are you also looking to have any of your rigging gear inspected, which could be your lever tools, mm -hmm. your chain falls um, that aren't permanently mounted, um, your hoistrings, eye bolts, shackles, turnbuckles stuff like that and then um, you know we just kind of go from there and you guys do below the hook also right? absolutely and it uh, does include below the hook which could be your your standard spreader beams that type of stuff C hooks um, sometimes you got some small coil lifters just just funky stuff mm -hmm. like that absolutely so like in the beginning conversation I mean do people typically once they figure out they do need an inspection of some kind do they have you come in and you just kind of start with just slangs or do you kind of tell them, you know, here's a menu of items that we typically inspect. 
you know, you got to tell us what you want us to look at, or how, how does that part go? Pretty much I like to say you're getting your best bang for your buck by having us do as much as we can do while we're there. Because if it's, you know, every job is port to port. Right. So if we're going to travel two hours to get there and I'm estimating, you know, I want to spend six hours on site and another two hours home, we want to do as much as we can in that six hours. Mm -hmm. So again, what, what, what does that entail? So yeah, let's look at your slings. Let's try to pay some attention to your below the hook. Uh, let's pay some attention to your rigging. And, and then you get in other conversations, you know, hey, I know my below the hook. I know we made a bunch of stuff. I'm like, that's fine. Let's at least get it documented and identified right. so you've got something on paperwork that you can present up the chain. Mm. I mean, it, you know, you're never going to get dinged for something on your report that's 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 failed. Right. You're going to get dinged for not addressing it. For So, like, if you have a, say you get audited, and then you have a whole bunch of gear that's not even on your inventory sheet, That'll be a bigger hit than if you take something and you got to inspect it and it didn't sure, fail. Sure, I mean, yeah. that, that's the way I like to approach it. So when you start working with people, you know, say, say it's their first time, they just have you on, you do some slings for them. Do you start, like, the frequency of inspections there, or is it kind of a one-and-done thing and then they call you and they think they need it again? How, how does the, the series of inspections go down? Well, we run a proactive system, so let's say we come in for your, your inspection and, and we did it here in May. We will contact you about a month in advance the, the, the following year to say, hey, your annual inspection's due, right. here's your quote, here's a tentative date, that type of stuff. Here's a copy of your prior report as reference because mm -hmm. we might be dealing with somebody new, right on. Um, that type of thing. So we, we do everything we can to make it as easy as possible for the customer to just say yes. And obviously that's a great sales technique, right. but it's our responsibility. We feel it's our responsibility to to play a part in, in uh, administration of your, of your system. But, you know, when we're dealing with somebody also in the beginning, you would ask the question is, do we go after everything or do we do a little bit at a time? Really is up to the customer. Mm. Uh, number one, we don't want to overwhelm them. Because everyone after, at the end of every inspection, always has some sort of pain to deal with. Right. They've got something that they've got to repair, they've got something that they've got to replace, they've got a bunch of guys on the floor who just lost a bunch of slings and they're all frantic that they're not going to get them back. Right. So we have to do everything we can to address that. So especially when I'm dealing with somebody for the first time, I'll advise them of that. I'll say, listen, we're going to come in, we're going to look at your slings. Be prepared to have to repair or replace something. Mm -hmm. So if you know you've got like the most critical sling that you use all day every day, you might think about it. You might want to have a spare, yeah. or at least you might want to have some extra money allocated to this purchase order, so you can so you can deal with it at the end. Mm -hmm. um, and then again, like I said, from there, it's, it, it, we always feel it's it's best interest to get us to do as much as possible in one visit. Right. Because, you know, there's no reason for you to pay us to come back and do your, your rigging after or your below the hook after. Do it. Do it all at once, if you can. So, I, I mean, we're going to go into, like, cost drivers and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But before we get there, how much wiggle room do you have on that, that annual inspection? So you say you contact them a month out. Let's say, you know, it's a month out, it's not looking good, then they have some kind of some kind of event where they just can't get with you, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, a year and a month, a year and two months. Is there any kind of punitive system where if you don't, like, nail that year to the date marker, something happens, you get fined or anything? 
That I'm unsure of. I would I would say as long as you have communication that you're doing your best to schedule your inspection, you're going to be fine. But yes, there are things that change that sometimes can interrupt. Right. Are you going through a downturn where you're doing a massive change of a piece of equipment and it's just not a good time mm -hmm. within that month? Are you shut down for holidays? Because, you know, December yeah. typically is really slow and people will shut down quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Or during that time period, they may have decided to do something major. You know, that's a big time for, for crane mods. Yeah, I was going to ask, I mean, wouldn't that be better for you guys if it was a downtime, everybody's broken for the holidays, and then well, you just come in and have your hands on everything, you know? Yes and no. Actually, we, we, we actually prefer it to be up and running because then everything is out. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, but where a crane group would actually want it to be down because then they can get to that crane yeah. because they're going to be on the crane for hours. We're just looking at your sling for minutes. Yeah. So it's just better for us to be running. We did a topic similar to this for the crane service group, and it's what's the cost of an overhead crane inspection. And there, a lot of a lot of theirs is developing a compliance program based on frequencies. You know, if it's a crane that's in, that's really running, it's a process crane, it's in a high output, high production facility. You know, you're bringing these service techs in more frequently. Is that the same for rigging gear? Absolutely. Um, OSHA says your annual or periodic inspection um, is really the word we want to use uh, shall occur uh, every 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 12 months, not to exceed the 12 months. It's, mm -hmm. it's something along those lines, but not to exceed the 12 months. Right. But that's the bare minimum. Gotcha. You have to look at, like you said, the what's happening in your facility. Are you um, a mom and pop machine shop that's typically Monday through Friday, you know, seven to four? And, and, you know, your guys grab a sling once a day because a piece is on a machine for eight hours being machined. And, yeah. and then that's going to be a lot different than sure. going into a steel mill that's operating three shifts, sometimes seven days a week, or an auto plant yeah. um, or any other high production facility like that. Or any, you know, you think of a steel mill, there's certain parts of the mill that are just tough environments. Yeah. There's other yeah. parts that aren't. So you can't think of your entire mill as this, this. You can't you can't look at your entire mill as just cookie cutter program. Right. You have to look at the different areas and, and what they're doing, and then you look at the report afterwards. Uh, what we'd always do is we see what the percentage of fail slings are each time, mm -hmm. and say, listen, based on your world and what we're seeing, we're going to suggest more training because of this, this, and this. We're also going to suggest based on some verbiage in ASME, especially B30.9, that the severity of the use is gonna require more inspections. Right. What does that mean? Biannual, quarterly, sometimes even monthly. We have a lot of customers that have, if you can believe it, have gone to monthlies. And we always lead off with training. Right. Because when you find a bunch of, you know, slings that are have failed, well, number one is, are the guys inspecting them, mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. Um, and then you want to evaluate from there. And then you say, hey, along with training, we need to suggest this, this, and this. And, and that's an easy conversation because it's just a recommendation. Okay. It's going to be recommendation on our best practices we see across 
industries. And also we're going to call out what it says in ASME and we're not throwing it in your face as you shall do this. It's, hey, just so you know, this is what we see. I mean, that's what you're paying us to do anyways. Yeah. Is, yeah, picking up a sling and, and physically yeah. looking at it and getting on a piece of paper is, is at, the, at the end of that purchase order what you're going to get. But as experts, we need to say, hey, this, this, and this. So it's almost like a cost and benefit analysis kind of thing. You're going in, you're seeing, you know, clearly you have an issue in this area. You're burning through slings left mm -hmm. and right. Slings in other warehouses around the country, they typically last longer than mm -hmm. this. So then you focus on training. And right. if that doesn't work, then you focus on, right. you know, do we need to switch the sling or sling type or whatever. And our suggestions don't always have to be permanent. It mm -hmm. could be until you complete a bunch of training, right on. a few more inspections, and all of a sudden things have really cleaned themselves up. You can always reevaluate and go the other ways you make that determination. How often do your uh, inspectors go in and see just, you know, they're not using the right type of product for the lift that they're making. Maybe they're using a synthetic and they're not using edge protection. How often do they um, make a recommendation on, you know, maybe you should be switching over to something more durable like chain or, mm -hmm. or adding in edge guard or edge protection. Are they kind of qualified to do that? Yes, they'll make some general recommendations post-inspection and what we call our post-inspection meeting. Hey, Mr. Contact, here's a pile of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously you're using synthetics and you're lifting sharp metal objects, probably not the best scenario. Mm -hmm. And then you'll, you know, there could be a, a ton of reasons why, let's be honest they can't mar what they're going to lift. So damaging the slings is just a cost of doing business. Okay, sure. Um, and you think about a, a maintenance guy, a crane guy, an electrician in a steel mill, they get in some pretty nasty situations and not, it, let's just be honest, they're not gonna always be able to rig perfectly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they just gotta throw something around something, get it moved, get it back in position, and they just tear it up. It's right. just the way it works. Okay. So you have to look at all the you know, you just can't say, listen, you, you guys are all wrong with this stuff. Sure. You just have to look at what the application is. And I think that's good because I think people want like a hard and fast solid rule, mm -hmm. but every single application is different, every single team is different, every single all environment is different. So you can't just say this for everything. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, sense. a guy, a maintenance guy coming in on third shift has to get something up and running for first shift. He's taking over where second shift left off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're going to do what they got to do. Right. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not approving that. I'm just saying they're gonna get after it. Yeah. So you were kind of talking about, you know, the, the different people who maybe have to go month to month and then they can pull back a little bit once they get their training. Have you have you specifically worked with a situation where somebody really needed a whole lot of training, a whole lot of slings, they were burning through money in the beginning, but once they got trained and set and maybe taught a little bit better how to use their slings or the correct slings even, have you seen a situation where they were doing it a lot in the beginning and then were able to scale back? Absolutely. I can think of a customer right now that's in that scenario. They're literally right around the corner. Um, they came to us via Al Abel's training. Mm -hmm. cool. uh, Al Abel went in and did a bunch of training. After the training, he went through the shop and Al did what Al's great at is he called him out on yeah. everything he just trained on. Mm -hmm. They brought us in and we started at monthly inspections. And quite honestly, in like the first year, they didn't have much improvement. And so we had to get Al back in there for a little bit more training or at least conversation yeah. and really hold these guys accountable to, to make the improvements that they were committed to doing. And, and they have gotten after it and have, have made much improvement. I think they've scaled us back to 
quarterlies. Cool. Which is fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, you know, yeah, you don't like to lose the business, but that's it's yeah. not the end of the world for us. We still have the relationship. Well, because at but, the end of the day, your, your whole thing is safety, right? That's it. Yep. I mean, it's great to make money. We're a business. A business is going to want to make money. But at the end of the day, your job specifically yes. is training people to make picks safely and make sure that they have safe, competent gear Absolutely. available to them. Absolutely. Right? So th- that's a very satisfying moment. For us is is when when you've taken a customer through that, mm-hmm. you know, you know, what do we call it from like suck the good or something like that? <laughs> to be, you know what I mean? You, hey, guys, not so great. And all of a sudden, it's like wow, world of difference, fantastic. Cool. Good. And you can show it over a couple of years, especially based on reports. Right. So if if OSHA came in and, and was being a little ruthless, you could say, listen, look at this, look at this progress. At yeah. least over here, we're making efforts. Right on. Because so. then it seems like you're more of a partner with them at that point. Because you're not just you're not just after them to get as much money as you can and squeeze it out of them or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get them up and running, mm-hmm. and then you're just they're more of a consultant, really, just yep. to make sure that they're still on the right track and stuff. If you if you think about the inspection, if uh, and this is the, this is the the, the pattern that uh, the best practices should be followed. You have training in place, which is consistent. And, and regular. Right. It's not just coming in in 2017 and you might need it again in 2019. Right. It's like, listen, you're going to have new hires, you're going to have, yeah. you know, things change. You need to have, and, and actually a requirement that training is in place. So if you have regular training in place and your processes are in place in your facility that your users shall be inspecting their items before each shift, or even better, before each lift. Right. But if, if they're doing that, so the great training, they're using their training to do their pre-shift inspections, pulling out stuff that's bad, identifying it, putting in new stuff in service. Right. When we come through and do the inspection, in a perfect world, we shouldn't find any defects because the report, the inspection, will be validation of the proper training and of your internal processes okay. that you're doing it. So if you think of what we're doing, it's really just, like I said, a validation of that. Right. That should be the perfect world scenario that you go after. Cool. Really, you're, yeah, I mean, really, you're, you're hoping probably that you're just coming in so that they can check off that box and say that they yeah. they had their periodic yes. uh, inspection performed. And, right. you know, what they've been doing is they've been pulling bad, bad gear out of service mm-hmm. and discarding it and destroying it, disposing it. And uh, yeah, just keeping their eye on all their gear. And yes. be, like you said, hopefully before every lift, at least before every shift. Sure, I mean, yeah. it's just like, how many times you get in your car and you drive it multiple times every day usually. You get in your car and you start it, you instantly know when something oh, yeah. starts a little goofy. Oh, yeah. you, you should be applying that to yeah. your slings. When you go to pick up your sling and throw it on your crane hook or whatever, you should be able to just yeah. Man, something doesn't look right here, and it should just be able to pop out at you just like it pops out at us. Mm-hmm. Or you get in your wife's car, which you haven't driven, <laughs> and you go, how long has that back tire, yes. how long has it been making that noise back there? Or did you notice that it's pulling to the left yeah. when you drive? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And just deal with that. Exactly. Yeah. So I just turn up the you radio and that I don't hear Yeah. And really, another great example is guys always know when something's wrong with their crane. Yeah. Man, that thing just drifted about three inches. Yeah. It jerked on this, and my button's not working right. Why wouldn't you know yeah. about your, yeah, makes sense. Your, right. your rigging? Right. I mean, it's all one, one system after all. Yeah. So. 
Uh, well, to, to wrap it up and wind it down, um, how much can you expect to pay for, you know, like your entry-level inspection and then kind of your, your Monte Cristo, your big all-inclusive all everything? Well, yeah, let's start, let's start like at a small level. So you mentioned like kind of a mom-and-pop manufacturing facility. So say you've got kind of an up-and-coming company, you know, they've, maybe they were using tow motors and stuff to make lifts and things <laughs> like that before. They went ahead and maybe they put a couple workstation cranes, maybe a lower capacity overhead crane. Um, you know, what, how, how would you go about giving them a quote for developing an inspection program for, you know, a smaller type mm -hmm. manufacturer? And we've got customers like that all over the a place. Absolutely. Those are, those are probably our bread and butter mm -hmm. customers. It's, every job is quoted port to port and every job is unique to the next. However, we do have some uh, standards in place. I guess we have a min-max, just some things we try to base yeah. on. But if you're, I, mean, I don't even look at it as, you know, if you've got 25 slings or you've got 150, again, it, it, it's, it's going to kind of be the same because we have to make the trip there. So we just kind of go on mins and okay. maxes type thing. So... Uh, with, we, we do everything at a minimum like four hours and then eight hours. Okay. And then obviously if something's bigger, we might have to account for a little overtime. Yeah. <clears throat> or what's the entire scenario look like? And sometimes we get into monster inspections where literally we have a mill we work for where we send five or six guys every day for five days Jeez. every quarter. And that is a monster. So when these guys get there, they're teaming up and they're just going to attack. Right now. Now, the smaller ones, in a perfect world, I might be able to do three of those small ones in a day, just one guy just driving oh, cool. around, popping them out. But your minimums, I mean, really, you're looking at like 375. Okay. On a regular, on a, on a full day, it might be 675. And then we just account from there. What are the expenses involved? Obviously, it's port to port, so uh, the truth is some customers are just farther away right. than, than others, and we do our best to, to work with everything. And, and again, that's where it comes becomes an advantage to the customer to, hey, if we're there. That makes sense. Okay, let us sure. do as much as we can because it's still the yeah. same. Yeah. It's essentially the same amount. Because you're always going to pay gas. You're always going to pay labor. So if you can skip the gas thing twice and yes. just keep them there. Yes. Because then you're only paying meals for one day or whatever. If right. you have to stay for if, eight. If, it, if, it's, if it's an overnight job, that's, that's, lodging a, that's, a, that's yeah. a lodging thing. But again, we, we can do your slings and your rigging. You're below the hook. We can look at your personal fall protection. We can do a magnetic particle on your crane hooks if, right. if that was something you wanted to do that's above and beyond. Um, you, you know, that type of stuff. So again, if we're there, mm -hmm. take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, and, and a lot of people do kind of probably consider that an upsell, but it's not when you look at the total value of what you're getting within that, that quote. We don't have to be certified. It doesn't say that anywhere. We chose to go to ITI because they're an accredited, their, their curriculum is accredited. Mm -hmm. And we are actually certified by them as rigging gear inspectors, which we feel exceeds the requirement, which is training and or experience. Right. How, how, do you, how do you really document experience? Yes, I've been doing this for 21 years, so that's probably a pretty solid base. Right. But let's say somebody came in and was representing themselves as a salesman, and I've been, hey, I've been selling stuff for stuff yeah. for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. 
is is that the best place you want to be? Do you right. feel that's meeting the requirement in the, in the best way? So we took the stance to create the best value that we want to certify our people because that's what we're going to stand behind. Mm -hmm. And um, that's one of the big things, that's one of the big, I believe, reasons that really sets us apart from everyone else is we are only dedicated to these inspections. I've said it before, we're not salesmen. Right. We're not... Um, guys from the shop who are available who can go with a salesman. Right. We're not a, a third-party vendor coming in to do something or support a salesman. This is all we do. Your, yeah, your only goal is to make sure that you come in yes. and leave them with documentation yes. that shows that they're in compliance of ASME OSHA standards. Absolutely. So let's say you know somebody out there is watching the video, they're interested, they liked what you said, and they do want to get involved, You know, either just starting or getting back into or continuing their inspection process. Where, where do they start? Do they reach out to you? They hit us up online? Like, how, what's, the, what's the method? Absolutely. They can reach out online through our, our, our website. Uh, they can call me, Tom Horner. They can call Brian Holmgren. Mm -hmm. We've got a number of coordinators now. So just call in and say, hey, I want to talk about sling rigging inspections, and we'll get them into the right hands. and. And Tom's, Tom's group is growing like crazy, too. So, I mean, it's probably one of the fastest growing groups in the company yeah, in terms of expanding. And we're, we're opening up locations across the country. And your group's down in Alabama and Tennessee and Baltimore. Absolutely. So. We, 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 we have an inspector in Baltimore, uh, in Charlotte, one in Birmingham, one out of Chattanooga, mm -hmm. uh, six out of Cleveland, one out of Cincinnati. And just the way we're trying to strategically set our guys up is we want them within two to three hours of each other so we can all just go right this way and cover anybody within, within miles. How, what's the range, just I'm curious, of one inspector to cover, like, ground-wise? It just, it just doesn't matter. Oh, cool. just, just call us. We, have, we, we really have no range. Nice. You know, we'll, we'll, we, we've quoted jobs. Um, it's, it's, you know, Texas and whatnot, and, and we won jobs like that. Can, can we go to California? Probably a little harder. You know? <laughs> but, but to be we honest, you to, know, obviously. Yeah, we, we want to. to. But yeah, no, we have the capability of, of anything if, if, the, if, if it's a fit. Yep. If it's a fit for both of us. Well, Tom, thank you. I appreciate your time. Awesome. Mike, as well, yep. thank, you. thank you. And uh, like Tom said, if you, if you need something, especially if you're not sure what you're doing and you just need some backup support, Call him, call his team, let them start those series of conversations so they can make sure that your team is safe, compliant, and ready to rock and roll.